From the art of the deal to keeping it real. Live from the Simply Vegas studios, it's the Power Move with John Gafford. Back again, back again, back again for another fun-filled, exciting episode. No, I'm just kidding. Not no, another episode of the Power Move. I am your host, John Gafford. With me to my left, as promised, a new nickname every week. It is Colt the Waycong Cobra Emadin. Colt. Cobra. The Waycong Cobra. Or the Mekong Cobra, I guess it should be. I'll take that. The Mekong Cobra. I like it. Wow. And then also (laughs) to my left, Chris Consul Esquire. How are you, buddy? All right. Living the dream. Good to see you, Counselor. Welcome back. Glad to have everybody here again. And man, I don't, you know, you obviously would probably have to be living under a rock at this point if you haven't heard about a little show on Netflix called The Squid Games. I know where this is going. You know where it's going. Yeah. Right? So, They'll be here in about 15 minutes to pick you up, Colt. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't expecting to go there, were you? No, oh, no, no, just kidding. No, they're not going to be here in 15 minutes. Joke's on you guys because so, I'm pretty athletic. <laughs> I almost feel like you could win it all. No, but, but the Colt's point. that first guy we send over the glass. I know, but, but the, point, the point is there's a bunch of articles out there running around about business lessons in life uh, about Squid Game. So first of all and foremost, I have seen the show. Chris has seen the show. Colt has seen one episode of the show. So if this is going to be spoilers, but I look at it this way. If you haven't watched it at this point, no, you're, over. you're probably not going to. And you're going to be able to pick up enough from this to at least be able to talk about it next time you're at a cocktail party when people are yammering about right. this thing. So first, first of all, before we even get into it, I mean, was it was it the global phenomenon you thought watching the whole thing? Um, so I'll tell you, I found that it was riveting in the middle and disappointing at the end. Slow. A little slow on the end. Slow, slow. And, and... Nice twist, but a little slow. I mean, interesting. Like, like I said, I just found the the ending was a little bit. Eh. There's, I, I, again, everybody's a, a Monday morning quarterback and twenty twenty vision, all that. But I just, I don't know. Maybe it was a, a cultural miss to me about how that ended. Like, just, maybe. Like, go maybe. get on the fucking plane, asshole. Yeah, yeah, right. It's your kid, right? I'm so agree with that. You're selling you, your kid out. Yeah, no, that. I agree. Did they bring Tom Hanks out? Is that why? No, there would have been. Yeah, he's Tom in Hanks season two. I never think. had a, such a uh, poorly thought out ending. Tom yeah, he, Hanks would have gone and seen his kid, like he did in yeah. uh, the Castaway or whatever. He, he saw her. Yes, he would have okay? gone. Oh, and seen do the right thing. No, he didn't go see. Yeah, he's he's not going to go fight that. So but anyway, I'm from first episode. If you have not here, seen yeah. the Squid Games, and, and I'm going to fill you in for the spoiler. cocktail party, now, all of this is spoiler. I'm not going to say it again. The whole damn thing. We're going to talk about the whole freaking show. So essentially, the premise of this show is they take a bunch of down on their luck, downtrodden gamblers that have these massive debts and are basically dregs on society and have gotten themselves to a point in Loserville where they've convinced them to go to this event where they compete against each other for a truckload of money. Now, what they don't tell them when they first sign up is, hey, as you get eliminated from this little contest, we're going to basically shoot you in the head at where you stand. Yeah. Clip you clip you where you are. There's a lot of gratuitous violence in this. Not something your kids want to see. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's basically less. So let's start with the first part of it here. Let's talk about... There's so many people. I saw a stat the other day that said of people that earn under over $150,000 a year, which is a lot. I mean, that's a six-figure earner. Less than 25% of them have over $1,000 in savings. Oh, yeah. The average American has $700 in savings. Yeah, but you're talking about people making $100,000. These are six-figure players because they're living beyond their means. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I would say the first lesson here is going to be don't live beyond your means. And and I always say this, if you're parking your Lambo in a two-car garage, you screwed up. <laughs> That's a really good point. You have absolutely screwed up your life. Uh, uh, my neighborhood has multiple of those because we have different... Unless you live in London. Or New York or whatever. But yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, I have, we have some tiny little apartment or condos in our community and there's two hundred and fifty, three hundred thousand dollar cars in front of two hundred thousand dollar cars. It, it makes it makes no sense. Yeah, Under maybe, a carport, maybe, maybe it's like a single, you know, lady. Yeah. She just wants a Lambo. She, maybe she's really into Lambo. That's her dream. Maybe if that's your thing, fine. But don't think you're making good financial decisions. No, but I'm going to say this. But here, here is the one piece of financial advice that I can give people that are living beyond their means, or you want nice things. All you got to do is put one step in there. You just got to add one step. And here's the step. Let's say I want to go buy a Lambo. Right. And even with my down payment that I'm going to put down my car, because if I'm making 150 grand, I have no savings. I got some money. I'm putting some coin together and I want to buy a Lambo. 
What I'm going to do is I'm going to go buy, and it doesn't have to be where you live. You need to find a house you can buy as a rental that will cash flow the payment of the car. Oh, that's smart. Then go buy the car. If you buy, if you buy an investment, and it could be investing in something that pays a dividend that comes back. It could be interest that comes back an investment. But as long as you invest that money into an asset that is generating the capital you need to pay for that depreciating item, you're fine. You can buy whatever you want. You just have to add that one extra step into what you're doing. If you have the money and the credit to go buy a damn Lambo, you get the money and the credit to go buy a house that'll cash flow. Right. You can do that. There's no reason not to do that. But yet so many people are just jumping right to the Lambo. They don't buy the appreciating asset that pays for the item. How, how would that work? That's actually interesting you say that, but Break that down just real quick. So, all right, let's okay. Let's say so. Like, break it down on a dollar dollar basis. All right, let's so go. Let's, let's go. Million dollar Lambo. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's say let's say okay. A Lambo is going to cost you if you buy a used one, whatever. You which one's one for a hundred? No, it ain't hundred. You can get a you can get a Gallardo for hundred. All right. Well, let's call it hundred grand. Okay. All right. So because it's going to be used, whatever else, you're going to have to put probably thirty percent down. Agreed? Or you're going to want to? Or you have to buy it all. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's call it. So you're gonna, you're going to pay, grand. or you could you could put, let's say, let's assume you could pay cash grand. for it. Let's assume you could pay cash yeah, for the hundred grand. Yeah, hundred grand. Okay, yeah. let's assume that. So let's instead of buying the hundred thousand dollar Lambo, let's turn around now and go Georgia. and buy a house. Go, go to go to Macon, Georgia, wherever. Hundred thousand dollar house. Let's, no, let's go two hundred thousand dollar house. Let's buy a two hundred thousand dollar house. All right, in Macon, you got to put forty thousand dollars down because you got to put twenty percent down. Right, you put forty thousand dollars down. You have this asset. You're into it one sixty. At one sixty ballparking, what do you think the mortgage is right now? The mortgages are nothing. Two grand. Eight. No, not no, two grand. No, it's it's um, no thirty year. Bucks? Why would you do fifteen year? You, eight hundred. But you're you're sub nine hundred with taxes. Yeah, insurance. it's easily yeah. sub nine hundred. And now you can rent that house out for let's call it let's call it eighteen hundred right yeah. now. So you're positive a grand. So go. now you put forty thousand dollars down. You got sixty thousand dollars back. I would actually go buy another house if I could buy one there yeah, for that cheap. Right. So now I own two. I'm generating two thousand dollars a month. I go put ten thousand dollars down on the damn Lambo. Sure. And then I'm financing it for two grand a month, and the houses are buying it. You but at the end of it, when I'm done with the Lambo and I sell the Lambo, is the Lambo's depreciating? Now at the end of it, I have these assets that are appreciating. Yeah, yeah. yeah and somebody yeah, else yeah. is paying the mortgage. That's down. just good financial sense to buy assets that cash flow. But people don't. Yeah, but people don't that. do that. Yeah. They don't, because they want they Could want what they want now. All you gotta do is add that one little extra step in there, man. Go buy an asset. I like it. Living with a thousand dollars in your bank account, I would be absolutely terrified. I, I dude, I I forget. It, w- it just wouldn't. If happen. we probably all said what we have in the bank, and we would say like, I still freak out. If I told people what I had in the bank, they'd be like, What the. Like, well, yeah, I, yeah I we talked about that. that. We, we too, talked about it, yeah. Probably too much in the bank. If it's Way too much. You don't want bank. too much in the bank because your yeah, ba- money much. sitting yeah. in the bank is losing, losing money. I get value. it. You're I losing value if it's in the bank. I but it. I agree you should have a certain amount of a certain amount of bounce back in the bank. I'm working save. on that this week. I got a deal that's going through, so I'll be oh, good for you. offloading a bunch of cash on a, d- a couple deals, but not not preferable because I would have rather financed. But Yeah. No, no, good for you. We're, okay. we're getting ready to close on the office buildings that we own on the yeah. other side of town, which is great, and nice. and that's good. And we'll do you know accelerated depreciation on those, and we'll help with taxes this year. And, and, and life is yeah. good. Good, life is good. We want to do, but again, you know, living within your means and being smart about money. Don't get yourself in a situation where you would ever go on a game show to get shot in the head for millions of dollars. Don't do it. I mean, I you know, it's my buddy Bradley always talks about. He says, you know. Uh, what if I told you you have a million dollars today? Would you take it? And people are like, yeah. And it's like, what if I told you you couldn't wake up tomorrow? Would you still take it? No. Then tomorrow is worth more than a million dollars. Right. Absolutely. But so on Squid Game, I saw him play Red Light. We're getting Green to light? that. We're getting okay. to that. We, well, don't okay. skip ahead, Colt. Right. We're talking about the premise. That's the first episode. I'm first. But I think, but I think literally, the, I think the literally the number one way that people get themselves into financial trouble in this in this place is living beyond their means. Now, and wanting now for wanting and now. in Vegas. That's the number one. Have way. you ever seen it? I, even in L.A., I never saw it worse in Vegas. I had I had lunch with a, a friend of mine today. He's a really really successful uh, attorney here in town. Really smart guy. Great. Um, he had just gone to Africa on safari. Really interesting guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about that. He's talking about uh, how he was in, it, it was in LA or whatever, and he saw these people when the checks came out and lined up at Gucci. Oh, and he was just yeah. like, he was, he yeah. was talking about, he was talking about the kids, right? He's a little, he's a little bit older than I am, but he was talking about, you know, what, what the hell's going on with these kids? Why don't they, none of them have a couple of nickels to scrape together. And it got into this whole thing of, you know, I think a lot of kids think it's really hard to exist now, I can't buy a house, I can't do all this, and there's not a lot of hope for these kids that are very young, that's kind of the message. 
And I'm like, yeah, but there was no hope for me when I was a kid, so I had no. three roommates. See, I, I'm, so I had three roommates. I'm going to disagree with you on that one, though. I think the smart kids took those checks and bought crypto. Oh, 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 no, no, yeah. And then he's, no, he's talking about the guys no, 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 buying I'm Gucci belts for a thousand bucks. But here's the difference. Let's talk about the one step that makes a difference. The yeah. one step that made a difference. The, the people that got the checks and lined up at Gucci, yeah, they, they missed one step between the check and the Gucci, which, right. was, which was this step. The oh, wealth yeah. of human knowledge about how to make money is on YouTube. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. These kids that got on YouTube, learn how to trade crypto, learn how to trade NFTs, learn how, learn how to drive that, learn this as a business. They took those, those, those checks and made money. Sure. And then once that crypto builds and grows and grows and grows, now go buy your Gucci. But again, it's the one step between, and a, and a lot of times- you can't buy it twice, don't buy it. hundred percent. If you can't buy it twice, don't buy it. I, like I said, I have, I have a cooling off period when I want to buy something expensive. I'll look at it and uh, I don't impulse buy anything. I, I'll look at it and I'll cool off for four days if I still want it. I'll buy it. If don't not, you find a that, lot of times I don't. Don't you find that after the cooling off period, you, don't. Start, you talk yourself out of it? I don't want it. I've done that lots of times. It was a dream of mine to have a Ferrari as a kid. Mm -hmm. And there's times when, you know, you have a couple cocktails, you get on that eBay bidding site and start throwing uh, out some bids. <laughs> yeah, you get sure. Cheap. They, they hold their value. Yeah. But uh, what are you on the 360 then the Medina? next day you wake on the 360, up. 360, aren't you? 430. 430? Because it's kind of got all the good things with 430. It's got the chain instead of the belt and all. Yeah, yeah. Got a lot of value. Really love that car. It's, all right. I, I would take an old one over a new one. I'd rather have a 430 than a 488 or a 458. Oh, I'd much rather have a 48. No, never. No, not even close to me. 430 right. is the number one. But that's just my I, preference. I agree to disagree. But I've never owned one. That's true. And there's a reason. It's because it is not something cool that... Off. But I'm actually probably a shitty owner of that car because I don't like to put in the time and maintenance. Yeah. I'm not going to be wiping it with diapers like Ferris Bueller, like Cam's yeah. dad and Ferris Bueller. <laughs> so I look at it. I want it in the moment. And then I realize the effort it would take. And I go, I don't Dude. need to add more things in my life to, to take care of. I took, I took, I well, won't talk about what kind of, I took, I took the black car down to Circa this weekend. And as I was pulling to valet, I looked at how dirty my car was. And I was just like, holy crap. <laughs> like, I don't know when this happened or how this happened, but I was actually embarrassed to put my car yeah, in the yeah, valet. Yeah, but was, that's the thing. Sometimes, anyway, that's the cooling off period <laughs> that I like where I realize I bought myself one time on eBay a 1970 Ford Mustang. Mm -hmm. I got a good deal on it. And I've been, Put a bunch of stuff in it, got all these things. Now I completely wish I hadn't have gotten it. Now I'm selling it. Now it's, yeah. it, it, you it want it, now it's gone. Yeah, so, it. so, like, I, I, I want the 69 Mach 1. I want the John Wick car. And then you but get it. And if I like, got it, I'd start it up. It smell like gasoline. I go, yeah. I'm not driving. <laughs> Can't take, I can't take exactly this. Exactly the wife what doesn't I, want to get in. Yeah, it. I'm just, I'm yeah. They're death traps. Forget it. I'm completely out of this. So, back to the Squid Game. So, right. the first game they play after they sign their lives away for being financially irresponsible is they bring them out and they say, We're going to play red light. red light, green light. It's red light, green light. The big crazy person in the back. And literally, it just turns into this, this giant girl that's got machine guns on it. When she catches you moving after red light, you just get clipped with a sniper rifle. Bang, bang, bang. People are dropping everywhere. And the people that rushed in this were the ones that all got shot. The people that took their time and kind of stacked themselves up in a row and worked together got through it. So I think the lesson here is it doesn't matter how fast you get something done. It's just that you make steady, steady progress to move forward. If you try to go fast, bad things can happen. Step yeah. back. Don't rush into stuff yeah, without digest it. figuring out yeah, what it is. Step back, thing. digest stuff. I mean, it's I always tell people in business, it's like being on a freeway. You ever get stuck be behind two idiots that Driving just sort of try to Yeah. And you're just trying to push, push, push. Sometimes if you get off the gas, you see there's a clear open lane over here, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing. Like when you start rushing shit, sometimes take a step back. Just yeah, look you, at you stuff. Know, I, yeah, I would win that game. I would, like, I you would win that play. game all day. I always want to pump the brakes on that the crypto trading thing that you said, though, John. I think a lot of people. This is a good point about red light, green light. The crypto thing you'd mentioned, jumping into something you don't know, something you haven't put the time into the oh, homework. No, I wants to be a look, trader. And look, just because I just because I say that the wealth of human knowledge is on YouTube doesn't mean it's always a good idea. Oh, One of the worst pitches I ever got from thing, somebody yeah. was, I had a guy trying to get me to invest in a cannabis operation. Yeah. And the guy actually said to me, I spent the whole weekend on YouTube. I know everything there is to know about this. That, I was like, the whole weekend you spent? Oh my oh, gosh. Goodness. Here's a half a million dollars. Yeah, good for you. Here's a giant investment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, came right to my office I can see that. So the next episode, as they did this, was the honeycomb episode. This is where essentially what they do is, I guess it's a well-known Japanese game if you're a kid or Korean game, where they take sugar and they spin it into a flat like pancake looking thing. 
All right. And then they take a, a cookie cutter and kind of depress it into it, but not all the way through it, just so it leaves an outline. It's like a dent in the, in the comb. And the game is you've got to break away all of the pieces around it to where you just have the shape that was of, of the, of the cookie cutter. And if you break it, guess what happens, Colt? Yeah. Right in the head. Yeah, you're done. Guess, be good guess at whose twisted game. daughter made honeycomb? Really made honeycomb? Oh, God. You did this with you know the what she gives me? A Canadian the, the maple leaf. She gives herself a star and gives me a maple oh, yeah. leaf. Oh, yeah. So sharp bitches. <laughs> so here's the deal. So here's the deal. As this rolls out, right? As this game is being rolled out, there's one guy. There's a doctor who's kind of getting the inside scoop because apparently, as the people get killed, some of the guards are harvesting body parts and selling them off on the black market to China. That's a whole other little subplot of this deal. But the do- the doctor's getting some of the inside scoop as to what's happening, and he's kind of getting a little bit of inside scoop and. There's a girl that's climbing up in the vents and trying to figure it out, and she sees them making these things with sugar, and they kind of put it together before the game starts, right? They put it together, and they go out, and there's essentially five characters that are kind of working together. There's an old man, a woman, um, a, a gangster guy, sort of, a, the guy that was like the smart banker guy that you know embezzled all the money and is there for that, and then the, the, the hero is the main guy the, who's a degenerate gambler. There you go, yeah, the yeah. protagonist, if you will. And anyway, so they're working on this team. They're looking at it. And the one guy that's like the smart Wall Street guy, he like remembers the game. He knows what it is. He remembers what it is. He, he's like, I know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So they have the shapes and they go, you can pick whatever shape you like. Now, keep in mind, every time somebody dies in this game, it whittles it down a little more. And there's this giant piggy bank in the ceiling they dump more money into. And I think we looked it up. It's like a like 45 billion won or whatever. And it comes up like 30, 38 million bucks. They keep adding money to it, right? And so as we're going along, the guy knows the game. And the one guy says to him, he goes, oh, you know, should we all pick something different or what should we do? Now, this guy knows the easiest shape to pick. It was the, I think it was a tri- was a star the easiest one? Yeah, it's a triangle. It was a triangle, whatever it was. So he's like, oh, I don't know. We should all pick something different because we don't know. So he kind of sold his, sold his team out a little bit because he knew it was coming. And they all picked something different. Smart move. Well, well okay. Now, all the main characters kind of get through this thing um one of them ends up so the main character draws like an umbrella and it's like impossible it's it's like the hardest thing and he's like oh how do i get through this and he's like oh he started licking the back of it because he realized you could if you hold it up to the sun and you started licking it um you could get through it so this brings me to to business points on this and tell me if you disagree or disagree my first one and nobody in all the articles i saw nobody mentioned this one and I'm going to mention it, which is one of my general rules of business is if a competitor in the marketplace is making a mistake, let them. Sure. Let them do it. Um, I think, you know, business to a certain extent, if you've run, if you've read Art of War, business, this is, it's warfare, man. And if you're, and if your competitors are making a mistake, don't be so quick to verbalize that mistake and not necessarily just to verbalize it to them, but don't talk about it to other people. Because somebody might go back to that person and say, oh, so-and-so said you're screwing this up or you're doing this wrong, Mm -hmm. right? And then not only do they get the information to fix it, but it makes you look bad. If you see somebody that's your competitor in the marketplace making a mistake, let them make it. I don't think that's ruthless. I think that's business. What says you, counselor? Yeah, no, I I think that's actually very reasonable. People think it's cold-blooded or whatever, but it's like, well, this isn't a popularity contest. You're out here to do good, fair business. Yeah, I'm not here to help you... Correct. You, you know, you'll figure it out. Sometimes those are the lessons you need to learn personally as well. So you're not even helping people by correcting them. Yeah. I, um, it's so. funny. Like, for example, I, this happened to me the other day. Like, give me an example. We have a space out in front of our office. You guys drive by it whenever you come here. The very sp- first space right in front of the door. What does it say, Colt? What's that door? What's that space say? Reserve for top agent. Reserve for the top agent. Reserve for agent of the month. They get the number one best parking space out there. Went to another company the other day, and in front of their business, it said, reserved for broker. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, "Hmm, should I say no? No, that's <laughs> off-putting." Yeah, do what you, it, like, well, it is, but that's good, right? As for you as a competitor, let it. But also, sometimes, what you think is a mistake is not a mistake on their end, right? Like, I know people that yeah. run brokerages way horribly, and it's brilliant for the owner's part. But when it comes down to a paycheck, it's between feeding your kids and their f- kids. Mm-hmm. They're, you're, it, they can be your best friend. Yeah. They're going to win. That's why ruthless people go to the top a lot. Well, they say, you know, the, the rain, what is it? Rain falls on the just and unjust alike. 
Yes, yeah, which is yeah. true. And, and God true. knows some of the people that I've been screwed out of millions of dollars with are just some of the most unscrupulous people. They're terrible people, yep. let's face it. Absolutely. And, and yet, you know, there you go. We continue. But the second, I think, lesson of the, of the cookie was was this, was don't there, there's more than one way to solve a problem right, right. in business and everything. Before you make a snap decision and dive headfirst into something and, and do that, you've got to take a second to analyze the situation completely, mm-hmm. look at it from all angles, and make sure that you're making the best decision on how to proceed. I think in business, especially real estate, man, realtors have what's called, you know, they're like cats with shiny objects. It's like somebody will call and be like, hey, I've got this new magic marketing bullet. You want to buy it? Yes. And it's just so quick to dive into that. So quick to change gear. So quick to do this without really taking an honest, slow look at their business as far as what's wrong with it to to, to see where they can improve. And and to your point, John, as far as that squid game goes, understand the tools you have available to you. Oh, that's a good one too. Yep. There's, a, there's a girl that's got a, a, a lighter and she lights mm. up the pen and, and warms it up, right? There is other ways to do it, but use the tools you have, right? That comes down to use your network, use your use the things you have because other people are playing with different sets of skills than you have, right? Yep. If you're a, a tall, beautiful, you know, whatever, attractive person, that's going to be a different skill set than maybe you have, but maybe you have an ability to be thoughtful and send handwritten cards, right? Yeah, and, right. People think in this business, in, in your business, and, and partially mine, that the, the attractive ones are the you know you you we you all know that. Well, it's all Colts, Rich. I mean, well, hold yeah. on, he's exceptionally attractive. Exceptionally attractive. <laughs> exceptionally attractive. If you ha- check out the YouTube channel, if you haven't seen Colt yet, I mean, gorgeous, breathtaking. Oh, oh man, just, just, please, just, uh, just look at him. Please, just look at him. Just don't do nasty <laughs> like stallion in my sitting here. You ever see that handsome boy modeling school thing? Oh, that's <laughs> it. That's it. Uh, but no, sometimes people in this business underestimate um, what people really want. A, a lot of people from the Midwest moving, if you're from Kansas, you're moving to Las Vegas, you're not necessarily picking out the, the drop-dead oh, gorgeous model to sell your home. You may mm-hmm. want the person who's giving you great customer service and going to be first, you know, looks like whatever. you, doesn't looks wear, like you wears a t-shirt not gonna, and not gonna jeans and yeah, You're not going to make his wife uncomfortable by right. being too damn handsome or whatever, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Story don't don't life. use the tools Story you have life. available to you within to the get rules, there. obviously. Yeah. Well, no, but again, again, you know, let's talk about what is fair. What, what is fair. And again, I go back to, again, my, one of my favorite movie quotes, which was, Jack Sparrow in the in the Pirates of the Caribbean when he's like, look, there's no such thing as fair. There's what a man can do and what a man can't do. Right. And that's it. That's right. And that's all that matters. And, and and that's the lessons, you know, every time my kids say, Well, that's not fair, I go, Well, the fair is where you buy cotton candy and popcorn. Yeah. There's no such thing as fair. Yeah. No, the world is not fair. One? Huh? Fair's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> oh yeah. This isn't <laughs> fair. Fair's got no, what, what was that from? That's Sean Connery, wasn't it? Uh the only thing I remember from Sean Connery was Fair's got rock. nothing to do with it. No, the rock. No, when he says uh when he goes uh can you do this? And he goes, try. He goes, try. Try. Losers, try. Winners go home and bang the prom queen. He goes, they're bashed. Do the bash. Losers are always talking about their bash. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. That's what it was. No, yeah. Yeah, there is no try. There is doing that. So, yeah, use the tools you have. Use what you got. Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of successful people based on they get they're hot. They yeah. Good, you know, but they fizzle out. Depreciating assets. Oh, they, depreciating assets. And there's a bunch of them in real estate business. You judge yourself against them either, right? Like, oh, they're own, being successful. Yeah. 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 yeah no, it is. So the next episode after they survived this bad boy, they did a marble game. And this was a little bit of a mind twist on anybody. Because what they was tell them is. Marble number three? Yeah, marble was the next one. No, no, no. Tug of war. Yeah. Tug of war. Sorry, Nam. We got tug of war. Sorry. I skipped tug of war. So the next game is tug of war where they tell them to separate into groups of 10. Right? You got to pick 10 people. So again, the doctor that was helping harvest organs for the for the guards um, finds out it's going to be tug of war. So he comes in the and tells the gangster trader. guy, insider trader guy. So he comes in and tells the gangster guy, we need a big, strong team, as many big, strong guys as we can get, because he knows it's going to be tug of war. So they get a big, strong team, and then our hero, with his little hodgepodge of his 70-year-old man and his guy, they wind up with like, they wind up with, with their team, which includes sub hundred the absolute women. worst part of this entire series, and made it borderline unwatchable. Was that like forty-five-year-old hooker? The the, the oh lady. god! Which one? How her? much of that was lost in translation? I, I don't know, but just her voice. Yeah, it, just, it was unwatchable. I, I, I agree. It the made it, my, my wife horrible. was like, my wife 
literally who abhors violence uh-huh. is like, will they please kill this bitch? <laughs> please kill this. <laughs> is kid. she the one that was yeah. in the bathroom? Yes. When they snuck into uh, the van. Okay. No, 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 not the one no. snuck in the van. She's she's like no, a no, good no, one. No, she's the one the, the bathroom. She's a good she one. was the one going. Ah, I'm going yeah. bathroom. Don't go to the bathroom. Yes, hey. that one. Yes. Oh, yes. So I grew up watching such bad kung fu movies. Unwatchable. Though, that I have a certain soft spot in my heart where I can forgive how bad the voiceover is. Best old kung fu movie. Uh, it's Enter the Dragon. No. Kung Fu? Kung, no, the best Kung Fu movie. 36 Chambers. No. Romeo Must Die. What are you talking about? Five Deadly Venoms. Five Deadly Venoms okay. What? Okay, this is a whole other show. Oh, get no, a, I'll get, get into this yeah, That's a whole other show. You. We don't want to go too deep on I that. Don't, that's crazy. I don't 36 watch Chambers. Yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, he's got, he makes 30, the 36, 36 Chambers. 36 Chambers. Is, no, Five Deadly Venoms. Five Deadly Venoms. Code style? Come Code on. Style. Come on. Come on. Anyway, so so they go to the tug of war. So they're left with our little our little group of ragtag ragamuffins goes up there, and the tug of war is like on a tower that's like Just. 120 feet in the air. And guess there's like you fall off. Like when you go, that's they chain you. you they chain you to the thing. You're done. That's how they kill you. So if you lose, you're going off the edge. And they basically have a little deal where they say, okay, go, and they all lean back at the same time, and they have a strategy because the old man, when I was young. I would play this game. It was, it was that was a little yeah, slow to me too. It was a little, uh, little, uh, little over dramatic for him, but he told him how to win, and they had the strategy, and they ended up winning, right? They had to take eh, a better strategy than just pure brute yes. strength. It was a better strategy than pure, pure brute strength. Of course, real life would have worked though. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like yeah. Fucking absolutely boat not. Race. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It would have been okay. like Revenge of the Nerds yeah. when when <laughs> the, what was it? The Alpha Betas just ran them out of the house and literally the boat race. Yeah. No, no. So, but I think that um, I, I think there is something to say in teams I think there's somebody with planning and strategic teams the power of many versus the power of one absolutely there um in business for me with real estate with what we do I it's it's the power of the team um you know if you're not in real estate it's really any sales business sales is a lonely 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 business by yourself at the top and at the middle yeah, I always say one log makes a lousy fire. I agree. And if you're around a bunch of other people that are doing the same exact thing you're doing and you're having and seeing success, you'll do well. I tell every single person that comes to work for me, it is about a 90-day window. Like it's like a 10-speed. that It's just going to spin without catching a gear for about 90 days. And in 90 days, that gear is going to click. And as long as you consistently pedal, that bike will take you as far and as fast as you want to go. So I had a guy who came to work for me 90 days ago, Julian, got within the team, got within the system, trusted the process of what we were supposed to do, did not waver from what we were supposed to do. Four closings. Trusted plan, four deals in escrow this weekend. Boom. Good deals. That's too. solid. Good. Yeah, solid yeah, that's, deals. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Solid deals. That, and just because. That could be life-changing. Yeah, he literally came in and just followed the process. Same thing, work the team, work the team plan. So if you're struggling in the sales industry Get on a team, man. Get with some other people. Get yeah. around some people that are doing what you're doing because, again, it is a lonely, lonely world to do by yourself. Yeah, I like that. It's a great point. And also to your point about the, how there's not just one path of winning. Like, that's why jiu-jitsu is so successful in the Ultimate Fighting Championship, right? Mm-hmm. The big gorillas fighting, and then you get this skinny 180-pound well, hoist, yeah, you know, hoist Gracie hoist, and hoist Gracie. UFC one. Just choking people out. Just you know? diving at their ankles. Just, just <laughs> that was suffocating it. your yeah. neck. You know, that brute strength isn't yeah. always what you need, right? Sometimes it's a different angles yeah. and so it gets there. No, I agree. So the next episode, after we go from this, as we go to, uh, you know what? Let's take a quick break. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and uh, and pick up. We're going to talk about the marble game. And five deadly venoms. And five. <laughs> hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com. Well, we'll share any links that we've things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at the John Gafford. I'm here. Give me a shout. Back from the break. Back from the break. And uh, today we're discussing the Squid Game. If you haven't seen it, sorry, we're going to ruin it for you. But if you at this point, if you haven't seen it, like we said, does it really matter? Don't worry, the just, ending will ruin it. Yeah, for you. just get the cliff notes and just go from there. It doesn't matter at this point. But you know, what we forgot to talk about. What we forgot to talk about was this, was, I don't know if it was, which game was it between? Was it between Red Light, Green Light and Tug of War? I or? think it was after Tug of War. It, it was kind of. After the, between, around the honeycomb. So here's what they did, Colt, because you didn't get this far in it. So here's what they did. They deliberately fed them like nothing. It was like one egg and like a drink. And some of the less than scrupulous folks got back in lines. So they doubled up on the egg and they doubled up. So, so there's like eight or nine people didn't get anything to eat. And they did it purposely because they wanted them to be like start to turn on each other. Or at least they didn't stop it. Yeah, they didn't stop it. Yeah. So there was 
there was a deal where they just kind of let them go at it and kill each other. And like a bunch of people got eliminated, like 20, 20 something people. We this down pretty quick based on that. And when you look at that situation, I, I think there's a lot can be learned from that, which is this number one, if you're, let's get it from a business standpoint. If you have clients and they feel underserved or they feel they're not getting enough from, from what they're going to get, one of a couple of things is going to happen. Chances are they're going to look elsewhere to satiate that need, whatever it is. So you might want to look at your client base and ask yourself, am I feeding my client base enough on a regular basis? Because if not, the results kind of speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I would just say, you know, I don't know how often you're going to be in a prison riot situation, <laughs> but if you are, hopefully, see, we both looked at Colt. Yeah, yeah we both looked at Colt. No. Like, uh, yeah, it's Colt next time. You might want to yeah, watch I think that. I as a, do good in prison? Yeah, is is he no, user thing? I don't think so. Either. Yeah, no, it it was a uh, it, it was just a whole thing where they kind of killed each other, but it, it it was crazy. Who was the guy in the all black mask? Okay, that that's the front man. So I see. I had figured this out very early as well. I kind of figured out what was going on. Okay, so you've seen one episode. Let me see if you can figure this out too. You've seen one episode. What do you think the whole purpose of this whole thing is? Um, Did you have this in one episode? Did you know exactly what this was about? So I have uh, read things like The Most Dangerous Game. Yeah. I, I just some billionaire yeah, I that assume, wants has a sick yeah, mind is yeah, what no, I know. Uh, no, no, I, I knew, I knew because shut shit. as soon as you had the numbers on them, <laughs> yeah, I knew it was gambling. Gambling. This is like, this is billionaires oh, gambling on rat human. race. That was is yeah. that. Did you ever see rat race? Uh, I think I did. It's horrible. No, but 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 the point being is I I knew what was going on. It wasn't. Yeah, it, I mean, it, yeah. It, I, it, I didn't even think it wasn't like I didn't think it was like being held. No, wasn't a no. huge, wasn't a huge, wasn't a huge leap to get there. But the front man guy is just kind of in charge of all of the other guys. Okay. There's something else we didn't talk about, which was during this whole time <laughs> that this is all going on. You know, a, a policeman has infiltrated the game. He kind of hijacked his way into it and was kind of scooching around. And he kept because all of the guards are wearing masks. He kept kind of stealing the identity of these different guards and getting from place to place and causing a little bit of havoc as he was recording this right. as he's going along. Right. As this is going on. This, did you find that the end of that to be a little bit of a plot hole? Like what was that about? Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, cool looking guards, by the way. Cool looking guards. Everyone's going to be dressed up for Halloween. No, wow. they're not, actually not because my son wanted to be dressed up in his Halloween, but you can't buy those costumes anywhere. No, but we did we did get – actually, that's not true. I, I lied to that. I, I say that and it's not true. My son is going to be the front man. We found the mask and he's got the coat, so he's going to be the front See man. See what I'm right saying? Called yeah, it. there it is. Um, Sexy front man? <laughs> sexy front <laughs> man. That's what he's going to be. No, no, no. <laughs> not him. Yeah, yeah. Sure. sure. Jesus. The thoughts and feelings of Chris Connell do not represent that as a problem. Ultra sun No, but uh, so he's running around causing havoc and doing that. And, and the games are moving on. People have killed it. We've done tug of war now. And now this is where it gets a little interesting. So now we go to the Marvel game. All right. How many people are left in the Marvel game? Like now we're down to probably, they started with yeah, 456 yeah. people. We're down now to maybe 50. <sighs> Yeah, down to probably they, they were being murdered at McDonald's numbers. Yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was an alarming laid out quickly. These people were getting clipped. so much so that I'm like, there was 450 people here. Yeah, I think I I've already seen like 800 get clipped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So they're down to the marble game when they tell everybody to pair off. You have to go into pairs, and uh, and go into the game, in the order of the game. And then when they get in the game, they tell them that they'll be playing against each other. And they can play any game they want with the marbles. They can do whatever they want, and they but they have to play against each other. And the issue with this is, is you got like a, a husband and wife are in there together. They want to stick together. Now they do this, and so all these different games. Everybody's playing different games. Everybody's doing different things. There are people making great sacrifices because through the course of conversation, they just realize my life is worth nothing compared to yours. You have something to live for. I don't. So they're throwing it, and then poof, you know, and so just capping people left and right. And as it's going along, you have a couple of situations that arise. Number one, my first thing with this is, is never assume anything about anybody. Never assume what they want from you in any shape or form. Never make that assumption. You know, you, you can't, these people made the assumption that they were going to be playing together and they weren't. So they were making these assumptions they were going to be there. And I know that, you know, I've ever told you that my finest moment about making assumptions about what people want, I don't think I have. Years and years ago when I was on The Apprentice, um, <laughs> After The Apprentice, I get called to New York uh, from a casting agency, calls me up. 
And I think it's like a prank call at one point. I'm like, well, who is this? What's going on? They're like, no, 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 we're a casting agent. Um, we saw you and David Flabot, who was with like, like Will and Grace frame, frame. He wrote that, Will and Grace, and a bunch of other famous sitcoms. They saw you and they want you to come read for his new pilot. So I'm like, you know, never sure. done this before. I'm like, all right, so sure. yeah, so you can come to New York and read for a pilot. I'm like, sure. So I said, okay, we're gonna, we need you to sign an NDA and then we're gonna overnight you the script. I'm like, great. So I signed the NDA and they send me the script down and I open the script. I have it in my office. I'll show it to you when I'm done. I keep it, really? as, a, I keep it as a reminder. Absolutely, I do. And uh, for this very lesson, I've never assumed what anybody wants. So I open the script and the first page, they want me to lead, they want me to read. It's called Goody's Place. They've got uh, Big Pussy from The Sopranos yeah, yeah, is going to yeah. be the uncle. And uh, that's the only person they have set cast so far, they tell me. So I open the script and it has a description of the characters and, and they want me to read for the lead, which is Goody. Right, so I read the description of Goody. It says, uh, "Overweight guy in his thirties, um, uh, somewhat charming, but by no means man candy." Is what this means. <laughs> that's the Ouch. description for this character. That that's the description. I swear to God, I'll show. No, I'll show it to you. That's the description, and then below it is a description for his best friend. And his best friend, it says, "Tall, loud, think Vince Vaughn from Swingers." Now, keep in mind, I had just got done doing a press tour where instead of talking about business, they were literally putting pictures of me up next to Vince Vaughn saying how sure. much I look like him. In my younger years, we looked a lot like, which is funny because now in later life, I'm actually friends with his sister. And the very first thing she ever said to me, Victoria, when I met her, she's married to a John, friend of mine, John Isbell. Very first thing she ever said to me was, you look a fucking thing like my brother. <laughs> first thing she ever said to me, which I thought was, I'm like, I'm not the one running around I saying this. Other people yeah, are good. Yeah. Hey, good morning. America said it, not me. Right. And anyway, so uh, I read this. So I get to New York and I walk into this casting agency. I'm fucking goody. <laughs> hey, I walk into this casting I walk into this room, very similar kind of the one we're in now. Uh, lit with a camera and a, a casting director sit there. And I said, I think there's been a mistake. <laughs> and the guy goes, I'm sorry. And I said, yeah, you sent me the script and they said they wanted me to read for Goody, but I think I should be reading for, for the other, whatever the character's name was. And the guy looks at me just like this. I'm looking at the cameras. I can look at YouTube and get the impression. He goes, you can read for whatever you want. <laughs> and I knew in that moment, <laughs> this like, guy was oh, like, shit. fuck Rocky this guy. Yeah. Like, who yeah. are you? And then I proceeded to give a really crappy reading for the other character. And, uh, and I never heard back. And I called one of my friends that worked at NBC and I said, uh, I think I might've screwed this up. And he says, what'd you do? And I told him and he goes, bro, those descriptions don't mean anything. They literally mean nothing. Yeah. They're just there as like a placeholder. What are you doing? Oh. Like, I don't know. So yeah. Nah, so I made that assumption. Yeah. yeah. I made <laughs> you could have been a movie star and now yeah. you're stuck. You know what, yeah, you know what I picture right now? When Michael Rappaport in True Romance was doing that thing? Yeah. Go and shoot him in the face. <laughs> right. In the face. She's like, right. you're very talented, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No. Thank God that show never got picked up and never went anywhere. Can you imagine like, uh, it's a, you know, it could have been me right there. <laughs> could have been, been me. Could have been friends, me if I read for the wrong thing. But, no, but never assume that you know what they want you to yeah. do. Always walk in, Can, open eyes, open ears, open heart. In any situation, know what you To add to that, here's a huge lesson from that. Don't go into business with your friends because they're your friends. Yeah. Yep. Develop friendships through business. Yeah. Don't do it the other way around. Yeah, a guaranteed way to go broke is to invest in your food friend's bad idea. Okay, because like I said, like for example, I, I've kind of known you guys almost more professionally first than like as much social. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I've, yeah. I've worked with you over yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I like you more, you know what I mean? Like, I would much rather have friendships develop out of business relationships than the other way around right. because Friendships are weird. There's a lot of assumptions. There's a lot of things mm. you go in. And then what happens when shit gets weird? Yeah. Everything we've a talked Marvel about game. business. Well, no, Marvel, Marvel game. game. Who's you going think to you're that? doing business with your friend. At the end of the day, one of you has to eat shit. Well, who's it going to be? Well, no, 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 no. Because you're a good human being. Because like, for example, um, on a deal that I ate shit on north of a million bucks, I went out and raised a bunch of private equity from friends. And you know what I did? I paid every nickel of it back out of my pocket. And I took the loss. They didn't take the loss. I took the loss. I mean, that's and, 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 and that if you go in and you're going to solicit money for business from friends, right. you better understand going into it that if something goes south, you can't lose a friend you're either money. paying it back or losing the friend or, or family friends, member. Right. That's yeah. it. 100%. Uh, you know, I, I don't care. People are like, oh, we're, you know, we're blood. We're family. Bro, you you bang somebody out over 50 grand. They ain't calling you no more. 
Yeah. They don't want to talk to anybody. They don't want to see anymore because all they see when they, all they're going to see, all they're going to hear when they look at you is the lost money. Yeah. That's it. So be careful. You know, exactly. Be very careful if you're going to go raise money from, from friends and Careful family. you play squid games with. That's it. Be careful you play squid games with. <laughs> if we're in the marble oh, game, would you let me win, Chris? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, no, absolutely uh, not. That's it. Like, no, like you and three dudes that look like you no, to make uh, it through. And that's what I think people. <laughs> Don't Love you, buddy. realize in life, right? Like I tell people all the time, no, you can't just go walk around. You know, uh, you, people are so naive. They think everybody, oh, if I'm nice to them, they're going to be nice back. No, they'll cut your head off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like you cannot go sit in the middle of Iraq and talk crap or try, try to hug everybody, go me. And yeah, half of them will, 90% will, but that 10% is going to cut you off. Yeah, head yeah, off. Like no, going but, down through Mexico. But but, it, but in the marble game, so they could play whatever they wanted to play, right? And at one point, this guy was playing a game that they were playing evens odds, whatever, and he demanded from the from the guard that they play another game, and the and the guard granted it, whatever, right? right. And he flipped it to a game where you throw a marble into a hole, uh, which was kind of stupid, but whatever. But he felt he had a better chance of winning there. So, I guess the business lesson would there be play to your strengths. Yeah, like understand what you're good. Like you just said earlier, understand what you're good at, what you're not good at. If you're not good at something, don't try to force it to do that. And like I always tell people when they're writing business plans, especially in real estate. If, if you are, if you are never going to go knock on a door because you just right physically, here. it makes you ill the idea of being a door knocker, don't write door knocking on your damn business plan. Yeah, seriously. Cause you're setting yourself up to fail and it's just never going to happen. Yeah. You've yes. got to put your strengths in every aspect, especially business. Yeah. Self-awareness. People that are self-aware, hmm? acutely self-aware, not overly critical or not low self-esteem. Oh, everybody hates me. that horseshit. I mean, really self-aware, hmm. right? They do well cause they'll play to their strengths. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not. There's people that want to be in beauty pageants that should be in, you know, uh, mud wrestling competition. You know, like not everybody uh, is going to be good. Is that is that a fix the teeth before you get the boobs comment? Is that what that was? Is that, what you, <laughs> yeah, is that where you were kind of headed with that? That's exactly what Yeah, was. welcome to Vegas. Yeah, yeah, welcome I, to Vegas. I, I do. Yeah. I think that's like <laughs> fix I, the teeth first. I tried to do something during COVID that I'm like, all right, I got to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to try something, right? And so I put it, I put it in my calendar. To do at least two or three times a week. The sperm every time bank. it would pop up, I'm bank? like, no, that's how I ended up at Sperm Bank. I'm like, I'd rather go to Olympic the Sperm Bank. Olympic uh, no. <laughs> no, but I, I finally had to take it out because I was just like, I've set myself up for failure. Yeah. I hate seeing it. Take it off. You know you're never going to do that, Cole. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just stop it. Well, stop I mean, real, point. real growth is about being uncomfortable, but there's a difference between stepping right. out oh, of your yeah, comfort yeah. zone and doing something that you loathe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we, we get one Social spin- media. Yeah. I we get one spin hey, around this big. Me. We get one spin around this big rock, boys. And, yeah, and yeah. if you're spending your day doing things that you loathe, right. uh, what's the point? What's, what's, I, like what's I hate point? social media. I hate posting pictures of myself, stuff like that. But I'll step outside the comfort zone. You got to yeah, step gotta, outside yeah. your yeah. comfort yeah. zone. But there's a different thing. If you were like, I'm going to become a social media magnate and spend my days. That's different, right? There's a part of your job you, you're not always going to love everything you do, right? But you got to do it. You got to oh, participate. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean it needs to be a focus. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, within this game, the marble game, at one point you had a guy. There, there's this poor Indian guy that was really helping everybody out. It was a very sweet. Yeah, Pakistani solid, solid. was very yeah. sweet guy. Yeah. Top shelf guy. And gets absolutely screwed over by the banker guy at the end mm-hmm. because he essentially says, "Okay, here's what we're going to do. I have a way where we can both live. You go this way. I'm going to go that way." Does a little sleight of hand, like well, <laughs> with the thumb coming out. Does a little sleight of hand, and of course. The Pakistani guy winds up with a bag of rocks. The other guy winds up with all the marbles. And he goes up to the guy and he says, you told me the game was to end up with all the marbles. You didn't say how we had to do it. So technically he cheated the guy, but there was nothing in the rules saying that he couldn't. That's right. So that's, a, that's kind of a tough one for me because part of it is, you know, you should all you should walk through life with integrity. You should try to do things the right way and always. Right. You should try to be fair dealing with others. I mean, if your life's on the line, I mean, you do what you got to do to get to where you want to be. And it's not even a life online that you'll see that from people. And I think more of the business thing to take from that is assume that someone's just going to fuck you and cover your ass all the time. That's that's called the Nash equilibrium. Right. No, but I'm saying like people Mm -hmm. go into stuff all the time. Hey, we had a deal that the guy was trying to screw everybody. We said, all right, whatever. He assumed that we were going to give an extension. We had a backup offer, ready, close, three days. We took 70000 from mm-hmm. the guy, and he just sat there, and I'm like, 
This isn't. We're not here to make yeah. friends. Like yeah. I got. Everybody's cool until they're not. Yeah. You know, John Nash, the guy with the beautiful mind. He's yeah. a game theorist, most famous game theorist there. I think there is, uh, other than maybe Stackelberg. Uh, but John Nash had that thing. If you're in a multi, if you're in a multi-shot game, right? If you're in a ten thing game, people will calculate when they can fuck you. Yeah. People mm-hmm. will calculate when they're able to fuck you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So because it's a 10-player game, 10-play game, they'll fuck you day one. If I can get 70, 30 or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it goes on. But in a game that's infinite, goes on forever, people will be less willing to fuck you. They'll corroborate. There's all these sort of things in game theory. So a, a lesson to learn, too, is understand why game theory is what it is mm-hmm. and how to actually incorporate it into your business. Understand that if you're doing a one-shot player with some broker in Kansas City, yeah. okay, that there may be different rules going into it and exiting it. Yeah. Exiting it. That's a weird thing to say. Exiting it. Well, no. Well, 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 the, uh, and it would be if you're dealing with a broker who's in Las Vegas right, that you're right. going to deal with constantly. All the time. Well, but the, the point is, is, is if it's if it's a long game where there's multiple long game transactions multiple players, involved, right. then then you're, you're probably going to play by one set of rules. Right, right. But if it's like Highlander, well, there can be which I made my wife watch. <laughs> I, I tell you, what, you want to have it. You want to piss <laughs> your wife Highlander. off. Oh man, make her watch Highlander. What did you just Highlander? Say? I feel like Highlander oh, is a must watch for no, you. I've Col- never seen. Okay, that's your homework, Colt. Look at Chris's face. You've never seen the Highlander. Do I shock Chris every day? You would blow my mind that you've never seen Highlander. What yeah. is Highlander? Christopher Lambert. Uh, there can be only one. There can be only one Colt. Anyway, I'll, well, now I, 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 I don't want to try to explain on. that premise to you. Anyway, game theory. Understand the players and understand how many games you will be playing with those players before you understand. Before you understand what they'll do. Again, because that's, that's a good way to analyze what your competition mm-hmm. may do or what they may not do. Right. Is, is this an ongoing deal or is this a one-time time shot where they're right. going to do everything they can to get there? So... Good advice. But so the marble game goes off. Half the people get killed, um, including uh, at this point, the old man gets whacked. Uh, the girl gets shot, gets clipped. A bunch of people get clipped is how that goes. And they move on to what is now game five as we're moving along. Game episode five is seven. Never What's seen that? Highlander. Episode Sorry. seven. Episode seven. This was game five. Yeah. So game five is a, it's a bridge. All right. It's a bridge where. It, it moves. It moves along on a bridge, and there's there's two panels left and right. One of the panels is tempered, which will hold the weight of two players. The other panel is normal glass, which will shatter and fall. And it's like a two hundred foot fall, right? So you you guess wrong on the hop, right. you're done. Another plot twist. Looks like you might have just broke your legs. You think? Which would have been worse. No, there was like brains hanging out of some of those that, people. I, I'm, I'm letting you know, like that fall, like the distance in the game. I'm like they should have probably gone, gone higher. Yeah. <laughs> All right, suspend your suspend your disbelief for a second. So anyway, it starts out in the first part before they even show them what they're doing is you have to pick a number one through sixteen. We're down to sixteen now. I actually know how many people from that. Down to sixteen, you got to pick a number one to sixteen, and it's like, do you pick one and go first and go early and have a better chance of, of beating the clock like you would at like green light, or do you go sixteen and go in the pat in the pack where you might run out of time because all these things are timed. So blah, 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 what happens? Our hero ends up goofing around too long and ends up with number 16. Mm. So it goes up, here they are, we're going in order. And these people just start like hopscotching onto these panels and smash, yeah, splat. That's what keeps happening. So then the next person goes, but because you got to see what the person in front right. of you did, you get a little further, right, is how it goes. So it's coming towards the end of the, of, of the little deal and uh, there's, a, there's a guy that's like, oh, I used to be a glassmaker. I can tell the difference between the glass by the way that the light shines off of it. So he starts getting down, and he's by now also. He didn't think about that. No, 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 well, well, no, 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 no. Let me get through it. Let me get through it. By now also, the VIPs, which are the of course American and Russian oligarchs, just say crackers, ha- crackers have shown up to, to bet on these people, right? <laughs> right evil, 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 evil American yeah, billionaires well, have shown up to bet on the games. They're there wearing these yeah. weird gold masks. They're betting on it. But they're going along, and at this point, you know, this guy, he's towards the middle. He's like, oh, I can see. And they're like, and, and the oligarchs are like, he can tell the difference in the panes. So they shut the lights off. Mm. And then one of the guys, the banker guy, ends up throwing him through the last pane so he knows where it is, and he falls. And then there's only three left, which is the main guy, our hero, the girl, the heroine that went up in the, in the vents, and the banker. That's who's left. But she's kind of hot, too. Yeah, she is. So that, that's, that's who's left there. And... As we go along, so so here's the lesson there with this game. What, I'm going to let you start first, Chris. What lesson are you going to take away from that? Well, I will uh, take away the very most important lesson is to ride on the shoulders of giants. You don't need the trailblaze if there's a proven path. Okay. Sometimes that's the, the least sort of likely way to die. Um, the other thing is um, why not jump on the rails? 
Yeah, I was kind of like, why don't you go sideways as well? I didn't yeah. understand that. That was yeah. a little thing. They'd probably shoot you, but whatever. Yeah, but I got, but I, I got, I got a better point, which is this. The, the biggest problem I had with the whole thing was don't tell people everything you know. Yep, he should have got through before he told people. <laughs> don't announce people what you know. I mean, if you know, if you, if you have an advantage in a situation, keep it to yourself. Play the advantage, but keep it to yourself. There was no reason for that guy to tell everybody what was going on. He could have done it in a way where it had the same result, but he concealed his knowledge a little better. I think that was my see for that. You know, the the thing about corroboration. See, he didn't know he was playing within the. He would have just gotten through, right? Yeah. But but again, like you said, know the players and know the game. They're trying to. They're trying to take for themselves. No, I get it. Like So you're right. He 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 showed his his hand. He did. He was benevolent. He was the kind one. But like Clint Eastwood says. We ain't says, all getting out of here alive. Like, like Clint Eastwood says in The Unforgiven, Fair's got nothing to do with it. Deserves got nothing to do with it. Oh, that's right. I didn't deserve this. Deserves got Deserves nothing, got to, nothing do to do with it. That's right. And at the end of the day, like you said, and then he mathematically didn't understand that the game required him to yeah. improve the odds of others. Yeah. So he was the sacrificial lamb in that, just like the Pakistani guy. Yeah. No, you know, I, I. Thrown to the wolves, but for the, you know, for the greater good, apparently. For the greater good. For the greater good of the people behind you. No, no, I get it. That's how they feel about it. I I get it. But again, yeah, follow the path of others is smart. Find success. And don't try, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, man. Again, YouTube, the greatest, literally the greatest learning tool in the history of human existence is YouTube. It really is. I know how to play 95% of the songs I know how to play on guitar because of YouTube. It's it's amazing what, what you can learn there. So follow the path of others. Keep your knowledge in situations where it will create an advantage in business to yourself. Sure. I'm all about helping out and giving back. But if I'm competing and I know something, for example, yeah. I know how to win Monopoly every single time. You know. Which I'll actually share. Would you like to know this? You, you know. I, I've, I'll share it with I've you and I'll share it with the listeners. You, John, and you have you heard my this? wife this and I've played her and since destroyed because I've read books on Monopoly. You, you've you played. Okay. If you played your wife and she. Okay. Then she didn't do this right. Okay. Colt, do you know how to win a Monopoly every time? I've heard it. But go ahead. You need to tell people because. Let's hear it. It's very simple. In Monopoly, the game comes with a certain number of homes. Yes. Right? The little greenhouses. That's it. There are no additional houses. There's nothing in the rules. To, there's no provision that allows for additional, like you can't use thimbles. You can't use right. anything else. Once the houses are all in play, they're in play. Yep. So what you do is as you start out, you do anything you can. Beg, borrow, steal, trade, buy. I mean, you, you mortgage your soul to get a three-place three set. doesn't matter which one it is. Yep. It can be the crappy Baltic, Baltic one. Totally it doesn't agree. matter. 100%. Start building houses. And then never convert them to hotels. If you can do this over two spaces in a four-player game where you have two other players, or even in a three-player game where they're also putting ho- putting um, houses out, you will create an absolute housing shortage because the game will run out of houses, and you just have to sit back and play it out. So um, That works every time. Yeah, but there are uh, spaces. People don't realize this. Not all spaces are built equal, and mm-hmm. not all spaces have the highest probability. There's, there's people that win the Monopoly championships every single year, like poker. Yes, based People on which space. It's not on the probability of spacing. Understanding highest ROIs per space, per role. There's ways to maximize value in your Monopoly game. One of the strategies. What's your favorite color then? Uh, I, I think the highest land percentages are, the yellow? are, are yellow, green, and, and light blue. orange. Or orange. I think orange is also one of the other ones, or red. Okay have the highest land per space because there's because it's orange because people that are coming out of jail more frequently, right? Because jail is a spot people will go statistically more than free parking. Mm. Like there's all this, you know, nerds will ruin everything. Oh, yeah. They're trying to ruin basketball. They're trying to ruin football, right? Going on fourth down. <laughs> I'm enjoying it, but nerds try to ruin everything with nerds. numbers. At the end of the, they ruined baseball. <laughs> so yes, they did. <laughs> anyway, they did. They did. They did. Did you like that movie, Moneyball? I read the book and I loved the book. Yeah, I, I, I'm I not loved, a huge Brad Pitt fan. I love Brad Pitt. I think he's Why am I not surprised by that, Cole? Yeah. I'm not surprised at all. No, not surprised at all. But Moneyball is a movie. It was okay. I loved okay. the book. Loved it. Good. Yeah, I, I loved uh, Liar's Poker, too, by the same author. Got it. All right. Well, moving on. So now we're yeah. down to three players. But, Colt, to help you out because you haven't seen it, as they're done with the bridge, at the last second, they explode all the tiles that are remaining. Cool. Right? Shrapnel comes flying everywhere at the existing players. The girl player takes one right in the abdomen. Big old shard takes it there. So they put him in the room for the final night. She's literally sitting there bleeding to death. And then they have him go to dinner. So they have a dinner at this triangular table where they're sitting there, and they allow them all to get a knife. Like They clear all the silverware, except each of them has a knife sitting there. 
And then night, night time, we're going to put you back in the room. They all go into the room. They're sitting there and she has the knife. They all have the knife. So our hero is like a decent human. And, and, and I'll say this. He never killed anybody mm-hmm. in the whole thing. Although technically he did cheat the old man out of Cheated his marbles. Cheated the old man out of his, the old man out of his marbles, right? That's important to remember that, Colt. Cheated yes. the old man out of his marbles. That's what the old man got killed. But as we go along, um, they, 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 they each get a knife. And then it's that night. He goes over to her saying we should team up against this guy because he's crazy because he saw how he swindled the, the Pakistani right, right. guy and got him killed and saw how he threw the, the guy that could tell the glass through the, through the thing. He's like, he's a psychopath. We should team up and get him. And then he realizes she's hurt. He goes to the door to try to get her some help from the guards. The banker guy comes and slits her throat. Weren't they friends as kids? Yes, they were friends okay. as kids. That's correct. Slits her throat. She's done. So. Two the, players. Two players left. Moved to the final game. It's the squid game, which is, okay. You're going to have to Google this one because I don't understand the rules. It some Korean sounds thing. like a stupid game. It is. It's it's basically run around in circles and, and try to get your foot in something. It's just some goofy like game. Capture the the Royale. It's kind of like capture the flag, but, but with your feet. All, yeah, all becoming yeah. Inspector Royale does is evens the playing field where you get to both use your feet. Yeah, something. But, I but, don't get it. But, but essentially what they do at the end of this is they say, this is how this game, this is how this game works unless one player can't continue. So in other words, it's like it's, it's like that, that Star Trek thing with like William Shatner where they just kind of go to killing each other in the gladiator arena while the oligarchs and billionaires from America are sitting there watching them with their thing with their thumbs up, right? That's what it is. The only thing that's missing is the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. That music is they're fighting, whatever. They fight for a while, blah, blah, blah. He gets down to where our hero finally gets the advantage where he can kill the guy and he go, reaches back to stab him and then stabs the dirt because he can't do it. Because I forgot a very important thing. At any point, if the majority likes, they can vote and the games will end. He's like, let's just end this right now. Let's both go home. And the guy goes, you know what, man? I can't do it. And he takes the knife, the bad guy, and stabs himself in the neck, killing himself. Can't live with what he's done. Can't live with what he's done. Piece of shit. Yeah. But could kills you? himself. Would you be able to live with what you've done? Yes. I could. Absolutely. And kills himself. Well, the problem is it is voluntary, though. Kills That's himself. a stupid thing about so, it. So, you know, to, to, with that, I don't know that there's any life lesson there. I think, you know, I think I would just say, look, it's never too late for redemption. It's John. never too late for redemption is a great one. Go. But I would say I would say more to the point on that. I would say that if you live an unscrupulous life, if you do things that are unethical, if you live a life of taking advantage of others at some point, gotcha. that bill's going to become that bill's come and do. And it's going to come do in your head. I was going to say, and then other times you may get voted in. Other times you might get voted in office. No, no. no. But I'm just saying, no, you bleeding heart liberal you. No, I'm not. Any politician. Look at at the color of his thigh. I know, he wore the blue tie. No, no, but but, but the reality of it is. is, That is is any politician, by the way. I will disclaim that. That that, that bill, I think, is going to become due, which is is why I think if you look at, you know, Older people on their deathbeds have a lot of regrets about their life. It's the number one thing they regret. Not doing not stuff. Sp- not spending enough time with their, their people they love. Yep. Every That's time. it. Not telling people they love them. Not spending time. Not letting go of old, of old uh, harboring old ill will. Great lesson in life. Great lesson in business. Yeah. Do not spend your life chasing money when the things that are the most important are right in front of you. Yeah, no free. kidding. Yeah, no kidding. That's, that's a great lesson. That's right huge. in front of you. So that that bill will come due at some point, whether it's you paying it yourself or all day long, or in a courtroom where they or actually the, get a judgment that you can enforce, which hopefully will be happening soon. But anyway, um, yeah. So I mean, to, to to tighten up the rest of the show, if you haven't seen it, as it turns out, uh, the the in a weird twist, the front man who's the main guy driving the ship, his brother was the cop that broke in, and then he catches him at the that end, and he's dumb. like you know why I did it. And then he shoots him. And I, zero idea what the hell they were talking about there. I don't even care. No know, idea. Honestly. I, don't I think even, that yeah. one just. Yeah, I don't care either. Wait, they I think they just why? forgot to tighten that up. Yeah, they just. Here's the other thing, too. Um, maybe this is a business lesson. But sometimes there's communication barriers. <laughs> like sometimes you just don't understand what people are saying or going. Because there's a lot of times in that show I go, that's English writers who speak yeah. Korean that are doing their best to make this to in give fidelity to the script, yeah. but not everything translates. Yeah. Not everything translates. Yeah. I had no idea what the hell was happening there. So, yeah. and in the big twist, it turns out the old man that was playing with them the whole time, it was player number one. He was actually the evil mastermind behind the whole thing. He didn't really get killed in the marble stunt. You never saw him get shot. It turns out he's the evil guy that's running it. Hey. Our hero that wins the all of money, he wins $38 million. He's so brain just scrambled from this whole experience that he doesn't spend $1 of the money. 
or see his daughter, which is the only reason. He well, was doing no. So then, then, then he goes. <laughs> then he goes. So then, at the end of the at the end of the thing, he's supposed to go see his daughter, who's now gone to America, and he's you know he come to grips with it because he found out the old man was the evil empire, and he somehow this weird thing that makes no sense about somebody getting helped and the faith in humanity and he the old man dies while he's there and then he dyes his hair to look like cindy lopper i don't understand that part either i mean like shocking they just started jumping the shark yeah just ju it. just just like just throwing you know, it's like they had a hat like and then he that's a problem dyes his hair red. stuff goes <laughs> on in like episodes a family guy episode it was it was a family that. guy episode <laughs> and then he's supposed to go to america to see his daughter he's getting he hasn't seen it like over a year he's going to get on the plane and all of a sudden he's like called to like be the vengeance and take down the whole squid game setting up squid game season two which uh yeah, if the guy died know. and i don't care to see squid that's it game. so man that's our assessment of the squid game if you haven't seen it congratulations now you can talk about it at uh at cocktail parties and and not be like the one that's left out there you go hopefully you uh like some of the stuff we talked about when it comes to learning lessons from this thing and hopefully you'll tune in again next time tell people to like and subscribe if you like what we're doing like it leave us if you're listening to us on like spotify or apple do me a solid leave me a nice uh five-star review and then actually write a comment down there which is good we are killing it on some like we're doing so well on the non-traditional like podcast sites it's weird like the little ones that people like like spreaker and Castbox. we're killing there um but yeah the reviews I'm, I'm just if you can do me that solid that'd be great i appreciate it but again if you like what we're doing tell a friend if you hate it tell two because it doesn't matter if they're talking good or bad as long as they're talking you're all right cold on this made feel scotch Hey, it's John Gafford. If you want to catch up more and see what we're doing, you can always go to thejohngafford.com where we'll share any links that we have things we talked about on the show, as well as links to the YouTube where you can watch us live. And if you want to catch up with me on Instagram, you can always follow me at thejohngafford. I'm here. Give me a shout.